Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Real Music Talk podcast. I'm your host, Keith Hall, and this is episode number four. And today we have the great Derek Cobbs on the show. Derek is a multi-instrumentalist, keyboards, drums, bass, you name it. Uh, He is an arranger and a music director as well, and he's been working with the A-list of pop and R&B artists for the last few years, traveling all over the world, uh, showing up on all kinds of television shows, and just really living the dream. And uh, Derek uh, is from Kalamazoo, and so I've known him for a long, long time, and uh, I'm really excited to see his career explode, and uh, I'm excited to catch up with him here on the show today. So before we start the conversation, I want to remind you to please subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends, and uh, we have many more episodes in store with some amazing guests coming up, so uh, you don't want to miss it. All right, so let's get into this conversation now with my friend, Derek Cobbs. Derek Cobbs, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you, thank you. So so honored to be here. Man, it, it, is, it is great to reconnect. Uh, I've known you for most of your life. <laughs> yes. Uh, I remember seeing you at church, and I don't know how old you were. I mean, you could barely sit on the drum stool, but I knew you uh, at the beginning as a, as a young drummer. And, uh, yes. and you could barely, you know, touch the hi hat with the sticks and, uh, <laughs> and, but, but it was happening, you know, it was already happening. I don't know how old you were like five or something, but, um, and then I, I, I move away to New York. I come back and you are releasing your album, uh, and you're playing crazy drums, just so inspiring and effortlessly. And playing keyboards and arranging and writing and music directing. And uh, it was astounding. And everybody that knew about you knew that you, that something special was going to happen. Nobody had a doubt. And, uh, and it has. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I mean, you've done so many high profile gigs since you, you uh, moved away from Michigan. Just give us a little bit of a rundown of of some of the gigs you've done. Oh gosh, man, it's crazy. The like, highlights. Um, I mean, well, the first, the very first one when I first got out, like started to move away to LA, was um, Joe Jonas from the Jonas Brothers, and then from there I moved on to like Rihanna, Nicki Minaj. And then Neo and Pharrell, Justin Timberlake, and it was just like every every couple of weeks was just a new adventure. It was it was pretty mind blowing. Just from where we come from, you know, it's like man, this is these these are the people. First of all, like some of the biggest stars in the world, but like people that I grew up listening to, and it's like man, you actually. I mean, sometimes I'm meeting them, and other times like working on these big performances and they have no idea who I am. So it's just like a man behind the curtain sometimes with arranging. And that was, I actually like that. Like, it's pretty fun. Like just being heard and not seen. So it's, it's an interesting dynamic between the two. 
So you'll, they'll call you or someone will call you and you'll just arrange an entire show for them and then send it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some, I mean, sometimes I'll come in and play and perform with the band and stuff, but a lot of times that like, especially when there's so many gigs, you can't, you can only be in one place. So yeah, just send off, send off the music and work with the music director or the choreographer or creative director and just keep them going. So I remember recently, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, you were involved with the Super Bowl halftime show. Is that right? Yeah, with Justin and um and Minneapolis. And how were you so, involved uh, how were you involved with that? Um with just a, a couple of the arrangements, like I mean, with that performance, he I mean, they did like I don't know how many songs, like at least 10 or 12. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I helped arrange a couple of those in like a dance break. Um, but also at the same time that he was working on that, he was also preparing for the man of the woods tour. So just, we were learning the whole new, yeah, we were learning the whole new album and arranging the new album that wasn't even out yet while working on the Super Bowl arrangements. Cause I mean, they had been touring for so long they knew those songs already. So it's just literally how are we going to cut them up? Cause everything had to be shorter. Cause it could only be like 10 or 11 minutes. So it was, that was, I think that was the most challenging part because it was a whole sonically, it was completely different from, you know, like sexy back and my love and all those older hits. Yeah. So it was like, you, you're in two different mindsets. Like we got to go back to the early two thousands and then we got to go basically almost to, 2018, 2019. So that was fun. Wow. So really quick, I mean, for those of us that don't know anything about this, when you say you've arranged a show for someone, I mean, what is briefly, what does that entail? Um, basically taking the original record and transforming it and making it more exciting for live shows, like whether that's TV or if it's a live stream now on YouTube or just you know, it could be a, just a promo thing somewhere in town. Um, we add more additional parts um, and different, like, breaks and, you know, special lines and hits and stuff for, like, band members or guitar players or keys to play on top of the record. Um, and we usually have the stems, the original stems from the record as well, so it still feels like the original song. Okay. And then are you arranging, and this maybe varies from gig to gig, but are you arranging things for the artist and the band to perform with, or are you just arranging the music so that they can play it? Um, you know, I mean, it does like a backing vary. track kind of a thing. It's okay. usually backing tracks. Yeah. Okay. Um, or it just depends on the genre. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes they don't have much backing tracks, so it could just be a click and a shaker. Okay. And maybe some background vocals and everything else is live, depending on the size of the band. Right. Um, wow. Yeah, but most of like the smaller bands with like the three piece or four piece band, there's always backing tracks because it's just too much going on. Yeah. Well, there have been times that I've I've seen a performance and and known that you had arranged it, you know, found out after the fact and and thought, oh yeah, that sounds like Derek. That was him. You know, it was like, yeah, that, I, I can see it, you know. 
Uh, yeah, that's, you would that's arrange, so cool. You would make some great arrangements at church and, you know, on music that you wrote and man, just a really, a really special talent. Um, I, I can imagine that when you were younger, you know, you had these, these big dreams of doing things like this. Um, if, if you could go back and now you said you're going to be 30 in a couple of months. I'm going to be 30. You're man. Wow. still so young and you've done so much already. <laughs> But if you could go back to, you know, 10 years even or 15 years and, and tell that younger Derek, hey, you should be doing this to be prepared. What are some of those things? I think for me, it's, it's mainly been just learn as much as you can and learn other people's instruments. Now as like an arranger and a music director, like I really have to like figure out what's realistic because you know for me I can any keyboard player and drummer I can tell them exactly what to do I can coach them through and they're going to sound perfect but like to know like the different zones of a guitar or the bass or if the bass player tunes down like you could tune some tune down a half step some tune down a whole step like there's certain ranges because when, when I arrange for a band I usually play every instrument like even if I can't play them I'll still put them on the keyboard except for drums because I feel like keyboard drums just gets a little weird, but um, <laughs> yeah, but just knowing the different ranges and zones and just like fingerings and stuff, certain lines that a keyboard player can play, like a guitarist, it's going to be very uncomfortable or like just different things to stretch. And I would say the same thing with orchestral stuff because we also deal with like string quartets and sometimes full orchestras and as well. And just like scoring and, um, I just wish I would have learned some other instruments because um, the more, you know, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. And I, mm-hmm. I see the basket as being an instrument. So if I could have learned bass or guitar, like even now, because I'm doing more production now. So trying to go to writing sessions and work with people, and we're always looking for like guitar loops and stuff. And I know what I want, but I just need to get it under my hands. Yeah. So all that free time as a kid, as a teenager, like I just wish I would have taken more time to actually really expand and like just because you, you know, as being an adult, you never get that free time back. Like every moment is so valuable and precious and yeah. have families and stuff. And it's like, man, this is life. Like I have not necessarily mastered this, but I, I've gotten really good and polished at this and I just have to ride it till the wheels fall off. So, but it's never too late. It's never too late. I love it. I love it. What What other kinds yeah. of things might you say? Um. Well, at least I mean I've been in LA for eight years now. Um. Just planning and investing. Um. You know, right now with everything with COVID and protest and like markets are fluctuating crazy. And, um, you know, Keith, you've toured for so long, like the money comes fast and you don't really think about it. Like that we can invest in so much, like just a couple years ago, I started investing in a, a Roth IRA and, you know, a few years ago before that, when I was on tour with Pharrell, some of the engineers was telling me about Bitcoin oh, and okay. it was super cheap. I was just like, ah, whatever, like, we're getting money, like, we're having a good time. Like, I'm say, I am saving, but, like, to think long-term and to think, like, okay, one day I might not want to tour anymore. 
Like I might just want to be with my family or I might want to just record in the studio or, yeah. you know, and it's like now Bitcoin's at like almost $10,000 a coin. And back then it was like a hundred bucks, 200 bucks. And I'm like, so same thing with the stock market now. Like some of my friends are on like the, um, the Robin Hood app and they're making big gains. And it's like, they didn't go to school to be a stockbroker or finance. Some of them didn't go to college at all, Mm. but like they're thinking, they're thinking bigger, thinking bigger. So yeah, things like that. And just also, um, last point is to like, you know, I've been working with all these artists and, um, as a musician and a music director, but they don't know the producer side or the writer side of me. And they write all the time and they're looking for tracks all the time. But I've never been a person that just makes beats just to make them. Like I don't have a catalog, mm-hmm. but it's like, they're the type of people where it's just, you need send me just 20 tracks and I'll pick five. But it's like, you only need one hit to get through. And after that, people will come find you. So I, that's what I'm, I'm making more of an effort now, my friends and I, to like actually create things. And like, okay, if an artist is like, I'm working on a new album, do you have anything? And I can be like, actually, yes, I do. And it's good. So those are the things that I'm really trying to make sure that I capitalize on. Yeah. Yeah, you've had so many great opportunities. And I know you're, you're just getting started because you're still young and Man, I'm thinking about some of the things I remember. So you were on Pharrell's major hit, Happy. Yeah, the live version. Oh, okay. And you yeah. toured with him for a long time, right? Yeah, like two years. Um, it was a very fast two years. I I didn't even know what to expect. Like at first we just did the NBA All-Star game and then like, we didn't even go back home. Like they're literally like, yeah, you guys want to go to London tomorrow? I'm just like, all right, cool. Like I don't have enough clothes. I don't have enough anything. Like we just left. And like, there were so many instances like that where we'd be somewhere and then it's like, okay, now we're going to go to Paris. Like, I hope you don't have anything on your schedule after this. Like until they actually did a real tour and we were just going, man, he was on, he's on fire. So. Whoa. That was that was a wild one. Like my passport got filled really quickly. <laughs> so what's next yeah. for you then? What what's coming up? Um still trying to figure that out. Actually, um last week we just did a live stream with this uh rapper named Gunna. And it was cool because like even though we had backing tracks, because I mean he's more of a trap artist, he sings and he raps. But um we got to perform outside like of this big mansion in Beverly Hills and like everything is fully plugged in full four piece band. And we just played on YouTube for like an hour and a half, like just with his new album. So I think that's, it's going to be a lot more things like that. Um, also been working on acoustic, um, like performances with different pop artists as well. Cause no, we can't perform at any venues right now. So it's been interesting to take, you know, how these pop stuff on the radio tracks are really heavy. And now it's like, okay, we got an acoustic guitar. We got a cajon, we got a piano and one vocal. And it's like, make it great. So 
that's been really fun. But I think a lot more of those are going to be happening for the next few months. Okay, man. Well, thank you for taking uh, time to be here and sharing a little bit of uh, your 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 wisdom and and your uh, your experience. Just thinking about all the great things you've done so far, man. That the sky is the limit, man. Oh man, that that means a lot coming from you, man. Like oh. it's just. This has been a true blessing, and, and thank you for having me on your pod, man. It's, this is really cool. Well, that was a lot of fun to catch up with Derek and hear about the fantastic things that he's doing. Uh, I'm, I'm just thinking that there are so many different aspects to the music industry uh, that many of us don't even know about or even maybe think about. And it's fun for me to hear about a different part of the industry uh, from Derek about writing these tracks and putting shows together for these artists. It's really fascinating to me. And uh, so, hey, look look for Derek Cobbs. Follow him on Instagram and Facebook, and uh, I'm sure you'll see him or at least hear him uh, very soon. We look forward to the next time when we're together here on the Real Music Talk podcast. And in the meantime... Be who you be and do what you do. Take care.